The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. to take you to school with dr tom pritchard i am your host jp john pause from the two-man power trip of wrestling and of course joining me is the star of the show the former wb world tag team champion eight times smoky mountain wrestling tag team champion and one of the greatest trainers ever in the history of professional wrestling the doctor of desire tom pritchard dr tom how are you doing today john doing great today always a great day in knoxville tennessee but it's even a better day today because of you john because of what you've accomplished for this show today i don't want to spoil the surprise yet i'll let you introduce our special guest but it made me smile when you told me he was coming on today yes mm -hmm. the pain train himself pq mr preston quinn preston how you doing today sir hey how you doing gentlemen it's always Very great good. to be here doing great man it's always a great night in knoxville tennessee whenever i'm here man i love knoxville tennessee PQ, PQ, for anybody that doesn't know, give them a little bit of your background. You are a big veteran of the wrestling business. Yeah, I've um, I've been around now 26 years, be 27 in August. So I've been fortunate to uh, be built for the task of longevity in professional wrestling. Um, started in 1994. I was trained by Pat Anderson, who was C.W. Anderson's original partner. And as you know, C.W. Anderson is my partner. So that... Uh, that all kind of went full circle. Um, been mostly around the Mid-Atlantic. I've uh, done some TNA, did some Ring of Honor, uh, worked a few spots for Vince. Um, but, yeah, I'm just an old school, old school guy that studies the old school stuff, that believes that uh, capturing the emotion of the crowd can still be done. And <clears throat> psychology is, is definitely the key. So that's me in a nutshell. Um, most of the comparisons I draw are usually Arn Anderson-ish. Uh, if anybody wants to know, you know, my similarities in the ring. Um, I've taken from a lot of people, but it seems like Arn is what a lot of people fall back on and watch me work. But I've taken all the way back to Fez. So I try to I try to mix it up pretty good. I was a big uh, beautiful Bobby fan too. You kind of remind me of Harley Race as well, which is why I wore my awesome Harley Race shirt. I've well. actually nice. gotten that some too. Yeah, I've gotten that, especially because mm -hmm. when, when you managed me out there in West Virginia, you know, that's when I was wearing the robes and doing all that stuff. So the Harley Race vibe really came out there. And they, and then, you know, they had me wrestle against the, uh, the guy that played for the Washington football team. Can't say the other word. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so well, we can I still mean, we yeah. can still say cowboys in Texas, by the way. So That's anyway, right. That's right. yeah. But uh, no, yeah, it's just been that journey. I've just been that guy that tries to hold on to what I grew up on, <clears throat> and uh, watching. And and Tom was one of the guys that I watched. You know, I I would uh, I'd come home from school and and four o'clock every day on ESPN. We had either world class USWA or AWA, depending on what they were running at that time. So I was able to watch a lot of that. But, yeah, I, my story isn't much different from a lot of old school guys. Um, I came at the end of the story system. I came in when wrestling was the land of big men. I, I debuted at 220, and I was a, a shrimp. Compared, I was 6'2", 220, and I was a boy compared to who the people I was going against. Um, and, of course, you know, I mean, things, things have drastically changed, and, you know, that's why we're here. 
So. You're one of the bigger guys now. I know you bulked up to what two sixty. Yeah, yeah. I, I got up to two eighty. Um, I've been in the gym hard, uh, and then yeah, just I guess now with the heat outside, I've sweated off a few pounds. I'm like two seventy six right now. But yeah, and and that's compared to most indie guys, that's dang near road warrior size anymore. Mm-hmm. You're right. You are not kidding. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it it has changed drastically, and and uh, but but at the same time, you still have a couple of the old school guys out there, and like like UNCW that go out and that man. I watch you guys at the camp we did at AML, and you guys just took off in the ring. We're doing the tag drills, and you guys didn't miss a beat, and, and didn't even have to warm up. Just just hit the ring. So it can be done if people pay attention to it and know how to do it. It's just all it's all about grabbing the emotion and getting everybody involved in it, and. I don't think anybody really knows how to do it these days because they didn't grow up with that. And they grew up with a lot of other, uh, I, I, I think, things to get their attention. We only had like one channel. And then when cable came out, you, you had a little var uh, variety. But now, man, you're, you're not only competing with uh, things on TV and things they can watch on their phone and other, other devices, but you got the video games and you have just all this other stuff that, that – Everybody wants to wants to be a part of. So, I I, I, I kind of believe like you do, though. I, I truly believe if if it's done right and you have the guys who feel it and are, and are authentic, you can go out there and you can tell a hell of a story and, <clears throat> and get people involved in it. But it has to be done right. It has to be done with feeling, and it has to be done where where you believe it, so they believe it. And that's my yeah. point. Yeah. Now, Doctor Tom, interesting little thing here you trained a little bit aj francis from wb who played for the washington football team the washington redskins preston wrestled him but have you noticed that he's the star of the new a e hidden treasures wb show have you seen well, that dr tom i have not actually i have not seen the show yet but um i, I when aj came down uh he, <laughs> a fun, funny story about that but uh aj came down and um uh, we, we did some stuff for the show that, that just got axed because it went a whole different direction uh, for, for for reasons that I really can't get into right now. But but AJ was is a big guy and and no doubt he has that uh, uh, mentality of an athlete that knows how to train and wants to train and wants to get better. So uh, he, he got in the ring with us a little bit on this hot on a hot summer day last year and. Uh, uh, what he can do remains to be seen. So I've seen him, uh, uh, you know, while he was here trying to do be the host and stuff like that. But that's, you know, there's, there's a far cry between talking and, and actually getting in the ring and doing. So I, I anxiously await his, his debut, wherever it may be. Yeah. PQ, what did you think about him when you, when you worked him? I knew what I was getting into. Um, I knew that, you know, you were playing a guy that was like a legitimate professional athlete. Um, and it just, I went in and said, I'm going to do Flair Luger. Basically, I'm going to treat him like Lex Luger because that's about as simple and as basic as I could get. And I could feed everything to him and I could run into him and fall down and I could have him slam me from the top rope and, you know, and do all that stuff. And I was going to, eventually I was going to chop him down. And then, you know, the big, the big comeback, the big power man comeback. And I made sure I told him, I said, Hogan, that thing. I want you to come up, you know, and we did a little swerve at the end and then boom, I put him over and everybody went home happy. So yeah, he did everything I asked him to do. Um, he could have been, and this is him being green. Right. He could have been more, um, I don't want to use the word stiff, snug. Uh, I, after watching the video, I'm like, this, the strikes just weren't where I'd, I'd like them to be. Cause I'm a stickler for that. And, and I hate, I hate bumping and selling for something that doesn't look like it should have knocked me, knock, you know, knocked me out of my boots. Well, so especially that, for a guy his size. Right. He yeah. should have. Yeah. I should have, yeah. I should have been getting bounced around a little bit, you know, but he, he did a lot of stuff. And this is what Tom was alluding to earlier. You know, he did like some type of a flip thing on me in the corner or something. And, you know, and then he flipped over the rope and landed on his feet on the floor, you know. And and, and I'm like, dude, it's 300 and something pounds. Like, where's the Vader, you know, mentality? Where is, you know, th this guy should have, he should have tried to run me over, especially with me coming out 
wearing the robe and doing the Harley race, Ric Flair type gimmick. Yeah. I, I should have been bumping all over the place for him. And I, you know, so it wasn't well, a bad match for what it was. Once again, I think that, yeah, you, you hit it on the head. It's just because he, he didn't have the experience. And I think he was wanting to listen and he wants to follow. But but that, that just takes uh, getting a feel for it in there. And I think he'll be fine once he understands who to bump for, who not to bump for. Because he, he, he specifically told me, somebody told him, don't bump. There, You do have to bump for a bigger guy. And if it's a guy like Taker... Or, or a guy your size, or somebody that, that might be equal, it might there might come a time for you to bump. So don't don't just rule it out completely. So I'm never I'm never going to bump because that's, that, right. that's not the truth, you know. But uh, yeah, I think you're right. That that's just a matter of being green and not knowing and not wanting to to hit you too hard because he may think, oh my God, I might I might I might cave your chest in and might get mad at me. I don't know, man. But but I just meant it for a brief. Uh, brief time so you actually got in the ring with him i just saw him get in the ring with somebody else and watched him and directed him and he was okay yep he did he followed all right and like i said he's an athlete and right. you could tell he was an athlete he wasn't just some big you know oversized guy that never picked a weight up in his life he was you know, <clears throat> he, he was legitimate i mean he played football at the highest level yeah so you can't be a, a, a slouch and do that yeah and he's on this hidden treasure shows. Basically, he's the star. He's on every episode with Undertaker or Mick Foley or Kane when they're traveling all over picking up stuff. I wonder, Dr. Tom, if you know, is, do they see something in him where they want to get him out there on a regular TV show before they put him on Raw and stuff? Or? Uh, yeah, probably so. And that that's usually what happens, man, when they, they're down on the PC and and uh, have promo class or, or, or have a chance to do something in front of the camera and, and Somebody somewhere will say, you know, he's got something. He can he can talk. He can rap. He can he can go without having to think about it. So I'm sure that happened to him down there. And they said, you know, you'd be great. Maybe we don't have anything for you right now, but uh, in the ring. But but in the meantime, we can get you out front and put you in the show, which would be it's great exposure for him. So um, yeah, I think that that's definitely something that happened. I'm sure somebody saw him in front of the camera and heard him talk and said, "This he'd be great for this show." PQ, do you think that they should pump up that he was an ex football player? Or is that passe? You know, like they used to say, "Oh, Wahoo, ex ex Jed," and you know all the ex football players. You think that's passe I, to do that? No, because yeah, it gives exactly. validity to him as a professional athlete. <clears throat> if he could do it out there at the highest level, there, then that immediately. It's, it, that would be like saying if a guy had a UFC background and then say, you know, we're not going to talk about that because this is wrestling. Because so, they haven't yeah. brought it up yet. Interesting. They haven't brought it up. Well, I don't. Yeah. Them. Well, I, in that in that sense, John, I don't know if there's a place for it on the show to bring it up. Although they they might bring it up later. They might bring it up along the way. But uh, maybe right now. And, and and have they not brought it up? Or have you seen all the shows so far? Just two episodes so far. They didn't. So, they just okay. said he's a trainee. They said. Okay, well, maybe, yeah, maybe they're going to downplay it until it's time. But, yeah, I mean, they're, I'm sure they, they would want to plug that and want to make sure everybody knew who he was. Now, PQ, you wrestled him. Does he have a bright future in WB? Is he the type of guy you think that, that could do well there? Yeah, yeah. Just based off the fact that he can talk and he, he was a very sociable person as far as, like, that's one thing I kind of look for with guys like is he an introvert when I meet him, does he sit over in the corner and not say anything? He and I spoke like we had known each other for years right off the bat. I mean, and I wanted to talk football. Because, yeah. you know, I mean, that's just me. Anytime I get a chance to hear from somebody that played on the field with some of the guys that I cheer for every week, I want to know what that was like. So I put him right in a comfort zone immediately by going up to him and saying, the Redskins mm -hmm. are horrible. I hate them. You know, <laughs> So I'm gonna take that out on you, and we got a big laugh about it. But no, he um he can talk. He's got a charisma about him that they will hone and tell him when to use it, when not to, type thing. And he's an athlete, so he's got three things that you look for. And if, if he can follow direction, they put him in the position to be able to proper with whatever gimmick mm -hmm. up with. And that's the other key thing. If Vince turns him into a a, a 330-pound rooster, it ain't going to work. So a lot of it's going to be contingent on 
what are they going to saddle him with? There's a lot of good wrestlers that went up there that shoulda, coulda, woulda, but couldn't because they sat in an office and got told, you're going to be the red rooster. You're going to be rugged Ronnie Garvin. You know, you're going to be, yeah, it's just, it all depends. And then on to turn it around, Vince can hit you with a, a, a gimmick that makes you everything, that makes you a millionaire because it's so good. Hulk Hogan, Ted DiBiase, you know, the list goes on and on. So, that's really where the key is. He's got the ability to do it, but what they saddle him with gimmick-wise is really going to determine, I think, whether or not he, he becomes a household name. Dr. Tom, what do you think? Bright future for the kid? Yeah, yeah, and, and, and Preston is, is exactly right. Um, it, it really is of finding who you are, and nowadays uh, I think there there is a little more leeway, right, wrong, or indifferent. I know Triple H is an old school guy, and I I, I think it, it is. Well, I know it is the guys who speak up and say, I'm, "I'm not feeling that." What about this? And I think there is more opportunity there uh, to try something if you have audacity to come out and say it. So yeah. Um, a lot of times you will get saddled with a horrible gimmick and if you don't say anything, you're going to keep it. But I, I think these days, um, and especially the guy's been around pro teams, he's been around pro athletes. He understands you don't just sit back and let it happen to you anymore. You, you speak up. If you're not feeling it, it's gotta be authentic to you. It's gotta be real to you, man. So yeah, I think he's going to be fine once he gets on the road, once he gets, uh, uh, gets his feet wet a little bit more and more experience under his belt, he's, he's going to be fine. When you guys were together down in North Carolina, right, you did work for AML and you guys were doing that training camp. Anybody kind of like stick out to you where you're like, okay, this guy is something and you bring him to the side and you give him extra training or just, or, or is that, that's not the kind of camp that, that you really like to do, Dr. Tom? Well, no, I, <sighs> The guys who came to the camp, I mean, we had how many PQ? Uh, 30, 40? Yeah, it was between yeah. 30 and 40. Yeah, something like that. So, I mean, and, and we're looking at everybody. I'm looking at everybody, and this is what I'm seeing. I, I just want to see if you can follow direction. I want to see if you can uh, move in the ring, how you walk and what you're doing. And and there were some guys who, who followed direction very well, and then there were some guys who didn't. I personally, and I'm going to have to put this guy over because to me, this is the kind of uh, personality uh, who, who gets over. A guy named Blactus Jack. Yeah. Now, I say that. Yeah, I say that because... He, he's 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 out of his mind in a good way but yeah. but yeah and, and he went in and I wasn't expecting what he did when he when he got in the ring he did his gig his did what he did I wasn't expecting that is he is he gonna be a a, a Luthez or, or, or a technical wizard no never will but I'm looking for how do they connect what what kind of person are they outside the ring and even in, even not even connected with wrestling are, are you that kind of guy you know you're talking about aj being able to be personable and you, you get to know him uh right off the bat well this is what what this guy did in uh aml and he'd been talking to me before i'd never seen him before and we had just heard him on the phone and uh he had that that connection uh capability and more so than not these days, I'm also looking at people and listening to people's promos because you have to be able to talk. You have to be able to connect. That That is almost, if not more important than the actual wrestling these days because it's as much as it's changed, it all stays the same. It's always been about the promos, talking people in, and then once you get there, you have to deliver it and you have to know how to tell a story. Um, but for me, uh, <laughs> I, I saw a lot of great, great guys there, kids who wanted it and, and worked hard. But the one who really stood out to me, um, and another, well, another guy just I'm thinking of because he's now down at uh, the School of Morton, uh, Three Fears, Kevin Mears. Big beard, yes. And I saw him at uh, going back and forth with Ricky. And, and working his ass off. So, uh, you know, I, 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 that's the things I'm looking for. I'm looking for the potential for these guys. If they're directed some way, can they follow that direction and also sprinkle their own uh, ingredient in there and make the recipe even better? You know, we can tell you, try this, but it's actually up to you to, to, to actually make it work. 
And if it's not working, then you got to find out what to do to, to make it work. And, and it may be, you know, may, I may want you to go off in this direction, but really the right way is, is this way. And, and you have to have that, that instinct uh, to follow that. And I, I saw a few people there, but those, those are the two that stood out to me. PQ, what do you think? You agree? Yeah, on both of those, yes. And then the, the other guy, um, as far as ring work, um, I think Tom's familiar with uh, AJ. I think it's AJ Miller. Yeah, 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 yeah. J.R. Miller. J.R. Miller. J.R. J.R. Yes. Miller, yes. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a Carolina boy. Yeah, I'm terrible at names. But he, um, yeah, he's real crisp in the ring. I didn't, um, I, for some reason, it's slipping me what, how he did on promos. But in the ring, man, goodness. Real, well, real I'll tell you, yeah, uh, on his promos, uh, and he has a promo down. He has his 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 uh, rap down. He has what he wants to do. He just needs to work on it. That's all he needs to do. He just needs practice. So, PQ, yeah, Kevin. Kevin oh, and, and to add to it, Kevin Mears. His, fin yeah. I mean, th this is all you need to know, Johnny. His finisher is the Oklahoma Stampede. How about nice. that? So you know, like yeah. I'm right off. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, and he's a big guy. He, he goes is. to the gym, you know, and he he looks like he can clear a bar. The guy in the second row is not going to try to fight him. Right. Yeah, he looks the part, and he gets in there and 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 he he does everything he can to help put his opponent over. If you listen, and I don't know Tom if you caught it, but when they were doing drills, he was trying to walk the people through the drills with him so that they could get it through right. it better. Yeah, and that that means a lot to you know that that shows that he's he's a teacher and he's somebody that's going to get in there and try to help put his opponent over. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Yep. PQ, when you're down there and you're doing that stuff, are you in the in the ring? Are you doing the drills with the guys? Are you getting involved? Oh, hey, wait a minute, man. Yeah, he, he and CW got in there and, and did the tag drills with them, man. They were didn't miss a beat. They, they sure as hell did. I'll, I'll answer that one, man. I, I went in. I was I was blown away because I went. God, man, they didn't even warm up, and I'm going. I don't want to get in with these guys because I don't want to get hurt. But they didn't give a shit. Damn, they really didn't, man. They got in and uh, uh, they they took them to school. It was great. We were dying, Tom. We were over there on the apron. You, you couldn't tell. Over at me, and I looked in there, and he was like. You want you want to get in there because they're not they're not getting it they're not getting what we're trying yeah. to convey here and I was like yeah. man I said if Tom says it's okay we'll go in there so of course Tom's like yes please and we just went over and basically took the two guys that were the heels and yanked them off the side of the ring and we went right in went straight to the heat on these guys boom 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 hot tagged them put them over five six minutes whatever and showed them how quickly you could go in not even talk to them. Right. And bring the intensity up a thousand percent when you know, when you know, and we didn't do anything big, nothing. It was just the intensity that we brought in and showed them and, and just put everything in place. And I think that that helped them, them and everybody watching learn a lot as far as this is how far believability can get you. Yeah. And you lock on a chin lock and it looks like you're trying to pull his head off. It's believable and it works. Dr. Tom, what happened to tag team wrestling today? It seems like uh, it seems like it's dead. Uh, well, you know, I, you don't have your road warriors, you don't have your brain busters, you don't have your horn and tellies. You, do, you you really don't have um, the guys who were a team and and to be a great tag team. And, and I'll never forget, I had this discussion with Michael Hayes uh, a couple of years ago. Maybe it's been about uh, it's longer, a couple of years, but anyway, and and it's one of those things where you actually, you really do have to work as a unit inside the ring and outside the ring. You have to be together. You have to have a cohesive unit. And uh, to do that, you have to like each other. And I'll be honest with you, I, as a tag team, I got along with my partners great uh, in the ring. Uh, Jimmy Del Ray, Del Ray and I were two different people. Stan Lane and I, we, we were two different people, but we got along in the ring. But once we got out, you know, he went his way, I went mine. And you have to be that cohesive unit outside the ring and be thinking of ideas constantly and be thinking of a match and be thinking of ways to go into it if you're going to be great. 
if you want to be good or average, I mean, you can go and, and go over the match that night. But but the Freebirds, Arn and Tully, uh, any any combination of the horsemen, because the horsemen were actually four guys who, who loved each other's company, were doing what they said every night. And uh, so were the Freebirds. The Freebirds, when it was just Terry and Michael, they they were together all the time, lived together, rode together. Um we're on the same same wavelength, and, and I really think too many times today, guys are thinking about just doing uh, cute high spots, and, and nothing wrong with that. I, I believe you do need high spots. You need moves, double team moves, no doubt. But they have to look authentic. They have to look like they they belong there. And too many times, it's it's just let's do this real cool spot, and it just looks like spot 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 spot. And I think that's what happened. To, tag team wrestling today in my opinion and there's not a lot of tag teams out there uh who, who just have that that level of communication and they're both thinking on, along the same lines and that's that's a huge element that nobody really thinks about these days pq you notice he didn't mention the body donnas did you notice that oh god almighty damn and you did why why we're having such a nice conversation too? <laughs> Was that absolutely necessary? Now I gotta go, guys. All right. Anyway, <laughs> that's all right. He was getting paid. Right? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say there's a reason I didn't mention the body donors too. Oh. Nobody, nobody else does either. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're dead and gone. So. I think the other side of that too is everything he said and the fact that uh, uh, Vince, who you know controls the world as far as we know with wrestling does not push tag team wrestling. He, anytime he gets a credible tag team, he splits them up. Right. Um, yeah, they're it, not together that long, and then he splits them up or he runs them off like he did FTR. Yeah, well, and, and oh, and speaking of them, they are they are probably the premier tag team today if I was going to pick any tag team. Yeah, because, that, man, you ain't kidding, man. Um, they, they, they are, they're great. But, yeah. but, but uh, one of the reasons uh, Vince does that, and I think any, eventually it will run its course, the longest-running tag team uh, of all time would have to be the Rock and Roll Express. I mean, over yeah. 30 years, those guys still uh, work work hard, uh, go out there and, and have fun. And, you know, it doesn't matter if Ricky's 64 years old. He'll, he'll tell you, he'll say, man, I'm 64 years old. And he's doing Canadian Destroyers. He's going out there. He still has a fire, and he still loves it. Yeah. So, you know, uh, yeah, there, there's very few, but I forgot totally about FTR. Those guys, what what a well, I hate to use the cliche, but a well-oiled machine. And they, yeah. they like each other, and they hang around each other, and they, they have ideas. They're, they're smart guys, man. Yeah. PQ, what do you think about FTR? I know they're kind of from your neck of the woods down there. Oh, I'm a I'm a big fan. Um, I know uh, uh, Dax Dax doesn't care for me a whole lot on a personal level. We've had l little social media things because I agree a lot with what Jim Cornette says, and um, you know where Dax and them are working right now. Jim Cornette is a high critic of, and as am I. So Dax is defending his job and his bosses and his and his people, and that's okay. Um, but that doesn't take away any respect I have for them as outstanding workers in the professional wrestling ring. Um, they are they are definitely one of the only reasons why I can watch modern wrestling, especially their NXT run. I absolutely loved the work they were doing when they were in NXT. Um, I, I can remember sitting on my bed watching them, and, and I don't remember who they did it to, but they did a demolition decapitation on a guy outside the ring. And I just, I came off the bed. I was like, oh, because that's one of my favorite tag spots. Decapitation! And it's, yeah. I can tell you the last time anything on modern te television has made me jump up like that. But uh, I've just, ever said, I've just been a huge fan of them. I saw them use the slingshot suplex the very first time I ever saw them work. And I was done right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they 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 watched uh, the old school in the Carolinas, and that was Crockett territory, and yep. and they they picked it up, and they 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 feel it, and you can tell when they feel it too, and and once again, you know, in the climate we're in, if if I, I applaud them for 
not being happy and, and making a move. Uh, and there was a place that they could at least go and they have families and they love the business and and possibly, you know, and, and they're hooked up with Tully. So, I mean, what a dream come true for those guys. So they get to be around Tully and Arn and, and, and regardless of what the, the whole product there may be, uh, for those guys, at least they're making a bit, making a living and they know, I mean, they know, but but they also know that's it's either there or the other place. And yep. right now, they weren't happy with the other place. And here they have a little more freedom. I don't know how much because I'm not really all that goes on over there. But anyway, I, I, I think those guys are great. Yep. And I always talk to Tully, and I was asking about FTR. He, you know, he loves those guys. But he said they're one of the few guys that ask him for advice. I was yeah. shocked. I, you'd think there'd be a line of guys waiting. Two guys, he said, and Cody, of course. They're like so the three guys are asking him for advice. That's it. Isn't that crazy? Well, like, come, we got this guy at your expense. Come on. You know what? Here, if I can just hit on that real quick, because uh, I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it a lot in the last, uh, gosh, 15 years where they you have the resources and and you you see the guys who are going to come over and ask or you see the guys who who either listen to you or their eyes are over here and they're not looking or not paying attention so um that's oh man i hate to say it. no i don't even want to go down that road because i was going to say you know a, a lot of times this generation uh doesn't have a clue about who came before them and why it's even important to understand that and why it's even important to 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 watch some of the older matches and and the reason is because they tell a story and it's the little things it's the details that make up the beef the big things so um too many times they, they base everything on a video game and on high spots and once you do your spot, 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 you don't know what to do in between to glue it all together and make it work. So some guys do, and and I saw it. Uh, I had a brief uh, MLW for a little bit, and I, one of my gigs was supposed to be coming in the next day and watching the matches and reviewing the matches with everybody. The other ones who showed up were MJF and uh, Richard Holiday, two guys. So, I mean, I saw it, and the rest of the crew – they were there. They had to cut promos later on. They could have just got up a couple hours earlier, but they didn't want to. You have to want to. You have to be proactive. You have to go to somebody like Tully or Arn or, my God, Billy Gunn. The guy, the resources they have there is invaluable. And if you don't, if they don't take advantage of it, it's their fault. And I've seen it, though. That, that's, that's the big difference. Guys tell us all the time. I ask him at the camp. Uh, you know, why do you want to do this? What do you want to do? Well, I want to make a living. I just want to, this is all I want to do. It's all I ever wanted to do. Okay, well, what's possible is done. What's impossible will be done. But you have to put the work in. You've got to go to the gym. You've got to study. You've got to ask questions. You've got to network. You've got to get yourself out there. And how do you do that? You get in with somebody. You, they have to like you to want to book you, whoever it may be. Even on whatever level, if you're a jerk, if you're a cancer in the locker room or somebody nobody wants to be around, you're not going to be around. That's the facts. So you have to learn these things. And then when you're around, then you have to look around and find the veterans and watch the matches and, and ask the guys for advice and some, what do I have to do next? What should I do next? What, what can you tell me about this match? And then take it to heart because chances are we'll see you again down the road. And you're doing the same thing. Man, don't even ask me because I've told you, and you just—you're the same point. You, you look the same. You're doing the same stuff, and you're not listening. So that—that's—that's that's what I see today, man. That a lot, a lot of times, last 15 years, it's been like that. So, yeah. PQ, what do you think about that? Tully Blanchard is there. Wouldn't you be uh, up his ass all day, every day? And they were up and down. I was, yeah. Anyway, uh. They, uh, I, I wonder, I often wonder sometimes if the younger guys either have the mindset that he's going to think I'm a mark if I go try to ask him, you know what I mean? Or, I mean, God, I hate to say it, baby. There's a part of me that believes some of them don't even know who. Yeah, well, that's true, too. I that's to exactly that. true. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't, I, that's, that's my assumption because I can't in any, way wrap my head around 
if they actually knew the knowledge that was in that man's head and all you had to do was go sit beside him and say, sir, can you teach me a few things about psychology and how you were able to pull so much heat, real heat, not go home heat, not cheap heat, real legitimate heat where people were like, my own dad, I'm going to tell you right now that my own dad would say, you know, like as far as the horse, Tully Blanchard was the one that he absolutely hated. Hated. Right. The other ones, he actually could understand that he would even acknowledge they were good wrestlers, but he refused to acknowledge that with Tully Blanchard because he hated him so much. And that's legit, legit heat. And it was very subtle, simple things that Tully Blanchard would do in the ring. If you really studied him and, and you watched the way he did that, that, uh, a coward, a little cowardice, a little cowardice. And then once he got you and he did that bullying thing and he got on you and he would drop those elbows and drop those elbows. He'd get up and do that quick little strut. He didn't have to point out in the front row and tell some lady she was fat to get somebody to put. He was beating that baby face's ass at this point. And, and everybody in there hated him for it. Well, but everybody in the back hated him too. See, he was authentic. He was an authentic asshole everywhere and went i look i i i, I enjoyed tully because when, when i first started uh he was in san antonio i worked with him a couple times um and he he was always great in the ring but when you say you're afraid some of them don't even know him you're right and some of them i i had my last two classes this one and the one before this they didn't know who ricky steamboat or randy savage were then you got to remember it's WrestleMania 37. Some of these kids were born in 20, 2000 or 2001. They don't have a clue unless they were a student of the game. Yeah. That's why they should study who came before and understand who's there because they do have a wealth of knowledge at their fingertips. Right, right there to just go to them. But you're right. Some of them, I don't know if any of them understand what a mark is. They, except they, they don't know they're a mark. They yeah. think they know. And, yeah. and they don't. That's the problem. They And they have no respect for the guys who came before them. They have no respect for those guys because they've never seen them. A lot of these kids, even today, who in, in school, have never seen a live event, independent show or, or any other show. They, they want to wrestle, and they go to wrestling school. And, and I've had, again, I've had guys who've been training at wrestling school for six months, haven't seen a live event. Have not. How does that work? How does that work? They've seen it on TV, but they haven't actually been to the live event where you can feel it and taste it and, and, and get a feel for the atmosphere there, man. That's that's what draws you in. I mean, you can watch it on TV and get sucked in, but I remember the first time ever walking into the El Paso County Coliseum at seven years old and seeing this, the ring in the middle of the ring. It's a horrible building, man, but but it was just that magic when you walk in yeah. and you feel it. They don't get that, man, they, because everybody can be a star these days. Yep. And they all want to do like video games, man. So, I mean, I, I'm going to stop now and I'll just shut up. But, yeah, but a lot of them don't know, and and that's the problem. They need to know and because not only just – as a student of the game, to know who came before you, but to steal from them. It's all larceny everywhere we go. Just steal from these guys and make it your own. Uh, and there's a lot of lot of examples for that. So Tully stole from a lot of people. So did Arn. And so did all of us because we, we, we watched the guys we admired and wanted to be like them. So, and these guys, who, who they're, if they're watching the talent today, especially in, on one company, I'm not sure that's the direction we really wanted to go. We've, we've swung, swung so far over here doing this, this, and all the high spots and everything else, which is we need high spots. But eventually we're going to have to come back to storytelling to yeah. where people are authentic in the Brock Lesnar's of the world and, and guys who were rough, guys who got legitimate heat like a Tully Blanchard who understood because yeah. he was not playing a part. That was him. That was him, even backstage. And even when he was a, a jerk backstage, man, I still respected him, and I still understood why he was doing that. He was that guy. He didn't have to play. He was that guy. Love it. Now, I don't know if you guys saw this, just another kind of thing about AEW that I chuckled at and then thought to myself, like, wow, this is insane. So Chris Jericho was on Busted Open, and he basically says, 
uh, in the interview that they didn't have production meetings. They weren't having creative meetings that they just started having that. Isn't that just commonplace? Every organization ever even has small organization or as big. Don't you always have pre-production meetings and creative meetings and, and just meetings with the, the, the agents and go over what, what's going to be done and let's not do this in the third match because it's being done in the first match. Shouldn't that be done? I mean, this is crazy. It's almost like they're just taking Khan's money here and like, who cares about whatever happens on the rest of the show? Like Nobody's yeah. paying attention to anything. So Jericho's like, oh, we just started having production meetings. I was, I was like, just started? You've been around for two years. Well, how... How do you know what you're doing in the matches unless they, they just tape up a lineup in the back and say, here's what you're doing, and nobody knows what's going on? That could be the reason. In fact, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that's probably the reason the way it's been the way it is, you know, because nobody knows what the first match is doing, the third match is doing, the fourth match, and they're all doing the same thing. So, yeah, yeah that's amazing that uh, that happens, but it's all because, especially, it's amazing when you have Arn. You, Cody, Tully, Jake, Billy Gunn, who understand you need to have a production meeting to understand what's happening so you don't repeat things. How does that happen? And Jericho, as smart as he is, wouldn't you suggest that to the, to the boss and say, hey, maybe we can make this better? That, that, that's amazing in itself. And, and but uh, because the WWE meetings, you have a meeting about the meeting <laughs> prior to the meeting. Then you have your meeting, and then you have a meeting after the meeting to make sure you double check it. Then you have one more right before the show. My God, you're doing six meetings a day, going holy Christ! No wonder those guys burn out. <laughs> it happens. So PQ, even on like the indie scene, isn't there always the the, the meetings and stuff? Oh, I know, yeah. I know. Yeah. We had we were doing some shows together. Tyler always had meetings and stuff, and they were talking about stuff. Yeah, AML, we have in-depth in stuff. We, um, you know, we we have a veteran guy. It's sometimes it's me that goes around, and I check every match. And I got started the main event. What are you guys doing? You know, and, and, of course, we brief them on this is what we want to convey in this match. This is where we're trying to go with it. Um, you know, what are you guys doing? What are your big spots? What is your finish? And then go down to the next match, and then the next match. And if somebody says our finish is in, and it's the same as one, two matches later than them, well, you don't have priority, so you got to change that because they're doing a super kick in that match or whatever. And and you know, stick to your times. Here's your times. This is what we want out of the match. This is what we want to do for you as as a, as a character in the future. So you know, you got to kind of you got to kind of be you know on track to what we want you to be. Um, I try to convey all that stuff to them, you know, and if it's just a match match, you know, go out there, have some fun, but here, you know, here's the spots that are going to be used later. So don't do this. Don't fight outside the ring. No dive. I mean, you got to tell them and, you know, and hope they listen. Be back. Because I watch AEW all the time and man, do they repeat the same stuff. You'll literally see a pull apart brawl. And then the next segment, you'll see the same thing with different wrestlers. It's like, yep. holy crap, who's booking this stuff? And you got to have the afterbirth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you, and, and you wonder why Cornette goes crazy, but yeah. but he has a point. And and Every at time. the same time, yeah. At, at, at the same time, uh, I, I do there. I do understand there has to be different, and and I do understand you want action, uh, but there has to be some kind of logic. There has to be some kind of flow. There has to be some kind of uh, rhythm to it, and, and and but but there's not, and and so while Cornette goes off, Christ, <laughs> I don't get to see uh, AEW all the time. I've seen it a couple times, and it's it's I every and every show I've seen it really have been the same. Yeah. So you know, yeah, anyway, I don't want to get off on rant like on those guys, but but you could if you wanted to. Easily could. PQ, I remember we did a show and we did like the second match or something. You said you don't want to do that, whatever it was, because it takes away from the main event or it takes away from the match yeah. right before intermission. I thought that was so smart. Me as a fan, like you don't even think about stuff like that. They're like, oh, you're right. Why would you do that early to take away something that they might be doing later on? Yeah, I think you want to do a spot outside the ring. And yep. I, told, I told him, no, I said, we're second match. We don't need to be fighting outside the ring. We're, we don't have any history against each other. Nothing. Yeah, it was the guy that that put the wig thing on his head, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He he blew up in like thirty. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> big old muscular guy, you know, but he blew up in like 30 seconds. I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. A lot of fun. A lot the of guy, fun. The guy literally was like a miniature version of Ahmed Johnson. Like he was yes. huge. Yeah, he huge. was. He was. But 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 it's just like you said, John, you know, as a fan, you don't think about those things. So obviously, whoever's running that one company we, we weren't talking about, uh, or we were, I guess. Yeah, you know, you can't run it like that and expect it to be anything other than what it actually is turning out to be. Yep. And I don't know that that's always a good thing. Hey, they're, unop they're, they're unopposed now, correct? They don't have yep. anybody against yep. them on Wednesday nights. So why aren't the ratings going up? Why aren't they getting more viewers? You well, tell me. The thing. They, they did initially. They got up over, uh, you know, a over million? the one million mark. But I think right. it started dropping back, dropping back down now. So right. I think maybe some of the NXT loyalists were like, hey, it's wrestling. Then they go watch it and they realize they can't stomach the style that it is. Right. It's a movie with money. So. Right. I mean, and, and once again, I, I guess... Uh, I'm trying to look at it from this, from different eyes, but, I, but no matter how, I, I'm still seeing it with my, my mind and my eyes. Um, if kids like it and they watch it and they get the numbers, okay. And once again, you know, I like strawberries. I like to go fishing, but when I go fishing, I put worms on the hook because I'm trying to catch fish. You want fans to watch the show and you want uh, your fans. So give them what they want. If they want that, they want to watch it. Well, and you, and the numbers show that then by all means, keep going that direction. But if your numbers go down and I know they had like, I, I read the hit past the million mark and then it went down to nine or eight or whatever it may be. Uh, okay, you want you trying to get eyeballs on your product, so everybody's in the same boat. I mean, what, whatever it may be, uh, WWE's down, all the wrestling's down right now. Uh, why? Why is it? Because, in my opinion, I don't think there's that much authenticity. There's a couple guys out there, but to me, Again, I've said this over and over, but the most authentic guy in the business is Brock Lesnar. He's not even in the business right now. He's, at, he's taking a vacation. But he comes out, he doesn't play a part. It's like we're talking about Tully. Tully did not play a part because he was that guy. Hell of a worker. I, he never hurt me in the ring, and he was a total pro. He worked with me, and he didn't have to. He could have squashed me, and he should have, but he didn't. That's a pro. But he got his heat because he was legitimately that guy. Now, backstage, he could be a jerk, but he could also be charming. He could be Tully, and I've been out in social situations with him, too. But my point is, if you're playing a part or playing wrestler, it comes across, and it's not authentic, and nobody believes it, and including including you, that's what you're doing. If you don't look like you've been to the gym or ever seen a, the, the outside or whatever – how how do people believe a guy who might be five four and about twenty at the most can can do these fantastic things to bigger guys? They they don't. It 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 doesn't look authentic. It doesn't look logical. It doesn't look real. Mm -hmm. Doesn't even look good, actually, in my opinion. And I feel like they killed finishers. You know what I mean? Like they just do finishers over and over. It just <laughs> absolutely kills finishers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is, I just saw you bring that up, and apparently somebody was speaking about repetition in the ring as far as, you know, like we'll say super kicks, right? And Lance Storm defended it recently uh, by saying, well, you know, in the UFC, you can hit a guy 100 times in the face with a right hand, but it's that one right hand that knocks him out, right? And that was his logic trying to – and I was like, so – are we trying to bring wrestling back to legitimacy was my question. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So is it legitimate again? Because if it is, then we need to do a whole renovation of what's on TV. Yeah. You know, and, and the other thing I think that hurts is it's, it's everything to do with exactly what Tom said about appearance of the guys. If the guy in the second row thinks he can whoop your ass, you don't belong in the ring. We need more Stan Hansons. We need more Dick Murdochs. We need it ain't gotta it ain't gotta be a chiseled physique guy. They don't have to look like Roman Reigns. They just gotta look like they can whoop somebody's ass. Yeah. 
you know, and, and it's, it's way more legitimate. And the other thing is that, that they need to do is they cannot build a proper feud when you have a pay-per-view every four weeks. What happened, you know, when, when Crockett was running and you had, you know, a, a great American bash and Starcade and maybe one other event, right? You had like three, three or four tops of the closed circuit pay-per-view type shows. You had months to build a feud before you popped it for the big for the for the big one for Starcade or, or whichever event it is. You had so much nuclear heat behind it before those guys ever saw the ring against each other in, in a in a one-on-one or, or whatever it may be. They would tease it with the tags and they'd let him get at each other and they would always pause it. But the the length between pay-per-views really that's that tickets. You know, some people, it takes a little bit longer to get them to go, uh, you know what? I want to see that match now. But if you if you got every three weeks, you got three weeks on TV to get this feud over for this next pay-per-view. It's not going to work. And people lose interest in it. If I don't see that pay-per-view, I'll see next month. Yeah, it just, it's not special anymore. Too many, way too many pay-per-views. Plus, they don't have enough good top talent to... Do pay per views? Well, you know, I think I think it's just come down to uh, you, we've got to this point again. It's WrestleMania 37, 37 man, so that's thirty seven years of of trying to do the major show, doing the major show, pulling it off, and uh, I, I, again, those guys in WWE are are working. Uh, Day in, day out, man. They're working late, late nights, early mornings, all that stuff, and and you see where it's where it's come to. You know, they're trying to get the top talent they can. They're trying to get the best of the best, and doing the best they can. So if this is what they got right now, um, they, they're going to use it. They're, they're going to do what they can do because they they've come, they've they've changed the model. Where yeah, you're doing a pay per view every month, and now you got to make it. You've got to make it exciting, and I agree with you, PK. You just gotta. It's it's too short a time period to really get that much farther down the road because you got to hit it here, then you got to hit it there, and then you got to go again. So how do you program that? It's it's a tough gig, man. It really is. Yeah. With current wrestling the way it is, PQ, what do you think they need to do to kind of? Uh... You know, infuse some life into it. The ratings ever down all all across the board. What do you think they could do? A lot of what we've said. Uh, you got to have guys that look more like legitimate, you know, legitimate badasses for the believability to go up. You need to replace writers with actual Booker. Uh, you need a guy who understands the business to be a, as the Booker, and and you need to go back to that because right now having people that are writing for television do not understand the psychology of wrestling or psychology of wrestling fans. Um, especially the fans that, that, I mean, everywhere we go, and I, and I know I speak for every one of us, how many times do you run into people to say, oh, man, that's when wrestling was wrestling? I hear that on a weekly basis. That was when wrestling was good. I can't watch it anymore. There needs to be some somebody that comes up with something that gets those people back. And the only thing that can do that, and I, I swear, I, I had hoped when AEW was getting started and they, they were going on to TNT and this is going to be sports-based and the whole nine yards, they duped me, they duped everybody. I was just, had my fingers crossed that I was going to see the rebirth of some stuff. And I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't get anything remotely close to that, but I just believe that there's a lot, a lot of alienated fans that used to go to, like he said, the dingy buildings, but saw the magic. They got to see the house shows and, and they got to see, you know, the guys getting color and, and they believed, they believed that Greg Valentine and Roddy Piper hated each other's guts in that dog collar match. You know, and, and they believe that Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes hate each other. They believe the the horseman broke Dusty Rhodes' arm in a parking lot. 
and you don't get any of that anymore. It's nothing they do is believable. They, they're in a locker room with, you know, the camera that nobody sees, and they're making all these plans right in front of the camera, and they're insulting everybody's intelligence watching the television. And you just – I just wish somebody would come up with something that says, hey, man, we're going to make this look more legitimate. We're going to have guys that look like – that go to the gym that are, you know – five foot 10 and over. I mean, you can have the smaller guys, but that's the majority of your roster should not look like, um, walk up stunt. You know, I, I hate to use him because he's so such a little guy, but I'm being somewhat facetious. Um, you just got to have guys that look like athletes, you know, uh, Finn Bauer's not big, but at least he looks like an athlete. And, I just believe it has to go back to people looking legitimate. It has to go back to letting feuds simmer some. Let it marinate. Stop hot shot everything. What does Corny always say? Lazy booking. Because it's writers, it's not a book. We need bookers. That's the key. Dr. Tom, what do you think? What can we do? Well, Vince came out a long time ago and told everybody, we're not trying to insult your intelligence and, and it's entertainment. And that was right about the time the Attitude Era hit. So everybody knew, or supposedly everybody knew it was a work, but you had The Rock and you had Stone Cold Steve Austin and you had Mankind and you had Triple H and you had Shawn Michaels. So. Everybody knew this was an act or a show, but by God, Stone Cold Steve Austin came out and was going to kick ass. And listen, the signs in the crowd, the energy in the crowd, the feeling, the vibrations going on, everybody was into it because the people that came out had a personality and they believed it and they had Everybody else, even though Vince had come out and said, it is all a work, it's all a show. What was the difference? The difference was The Rock, Austin, Mankind, the guys who came and made it look this way. They were action figures come to life, but they were legitimate in their persona. They wasn't a character. They just emoted who they were 10 times when they went out to that crowd. Go back and watch some of this stuff, because I have. The signs, the energy, the whole thing, the raw, boom, 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 all that stuff, the pyro, everything. What happened? What happened? We got to a place in, in the country, in the culture, to where, oh, that's barbaric, and oh, we're, we're, everybody's woke. I didn't know what well, what is woke? I heard that. My, I had to ask somebody, what does that mean? Oh, you come, you become aware of what's going on. And this is the cancel culture and all this stuff. And 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 everybody has to have a chance to come in and 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 play. No, it was a closed society. It was a closed business that not everybody could do it. You had a commission, and you had to have a promoter's license. When you sort of let everybody through the gate, that's when it got to be commonplace and everybody could do this. When you had Stone Cold and you had The Rock, there are no, there is no other Stone Cold Steve Austin. There's only one. There is just one Rock. There is only one Mick Foley and on and on and on. Now, when you see a guy, and since you use his name PQ, I will say Marco Stunt, you go, hey, if he can do it, I can do it. No, no, no. So that's that's what I see, and 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 a lot of it goes back to the culture because, you know, I'm a look. I came from Texas, and I worked a lot in Tennessee, and we were blood and guts, man. I mean, I when Eric Embry was booking, uh, we were doing it every night. I mean, every night for a good six weeks. I'm not. I mean, I'm. I, it was it was wrestling, and we loved the wrestling. Working with the Moondog, Larry Latham, Randy Cobb. You can't do that today because so many people get upset about being upset. I got to be upset because I'm upset. What are you upset about? I'm, I'm, I'm just mad. I got to be mad. No, man. That's that's where we lost the Roy. I really do believe we lost our way because you let so many people come in and and tell everybody it's oh oh yeah you can be a wrestler too. Yep. No, no, you can't. No, you really can't because this is tough. 
this is this the bumps alone or or you're falling down and and you have to learn how to fall properly you know what I've been doing this a long time you've been doing this a long time my neck is screwed man but but they don't understand that because once they take a couple bumps the first time they go oh wow hey that hurts no I'm kidding no kidding that hurts so learn how to do it right learn how to do it properly learn how to lock up right learn how to do the moves right learn how to do this right but too many people buy a ring go set it up and play wrestling not whatever you want to do but then you wonder what's wrong with the business yeah and they got the riders because that's that's the direction vince took it and that's the direction they don't want to go backwards they always want to go forward it's, it's the entertainment like i told somebody I was, I was telling john last week I don't even watch WrestleMania or WWE for the wrestling anymore. It's not wrestling. It's just not. But they have to go back. It's come so far this way. What is going to take them the other way? It's got to be the demand of the people. It's got to be the demand of the fans. It's got to be the ones where they say, we're sick and tired of seeing little kids play wrestler. Now we want to see. And they, but there are no more Austins. There are no more Rocks. If they were, they'd find them. Or yeah. they may be down the road and they may come in, but man, right now you don't have that dynamic Steve Austin personality. You don't have that dynamic rock personality. Those are the two biggest stars of the Attitude Era, and I'll even go ahead and say the Undertaker and, and Triple H. Yeah. Those were special people. Those were the guys that made this whole thing special and made it different and made, you know, we can see dogs and cats all day. When we pay, pay our money, when I pay my money, I want to see lions, tigers, and bears. I, I don't want to see commonplace. I don't want to see somebody who looks like my next door neighbor. I don't. I want to see a spectacle. I want to see something great. I want to, I want to go and watch the lights, camera, action, but give me the action in the ring and the energy in the crowd where, again, I have not seen – People make signs, and I, I couldn't tell you how long. Like it was in the Attitude Era. Go back, just watch the yeah. intro for the for Ross and people. The whole thing just has a whole different vibe to it. So that's that. That's a whole thing that that uh, is is really lacking. And I think it has to go back, and you have to have those personalities. So, and it's going to be taking a whole uh, reset. I really think you're going to have to reset the whole thing. And and make it different again. Right now, it's just too commonplace, and it's sanitized. That's that's what I think. Yeah, big time. Now let's get into the plugs, Doctor Tom. I want to mention your book, a pro wrestling curriculum, advice, suggestions, and stories to help the aspiring pro get to the next level. Where can they get this awesome book? Well, John, of course, as everyone knows, you can get that at jpwrestlingacademy.com. Also on the front page, you can you can uh, click that and get the book. Uh, but you can find out about our dates and uh, apply for the JP Wrestling Academy. But one more time, it's jpwrestlingacademy.com. All the information is on the front page. And I advise everybody to go to Pro Wrestling Tees, ProWrestlingTees.com. Go to the Dr. Tom store or go to the JPWA store. You can also follow Dr. Tom on Twitter at Dr. Tom Pritchard. You can follow me at Two Man Power Trip on Twitter and Instagram. Check out the website, TMPTEmpire.com. PQ, what do you yep. got? Where are you? What's all your plug? Oh, me. I am uh, at Pain Train PQ on Twitter. And you can look up Preston Quinn on Facebook. Uh, aside from that, you know, just me and CW doing the extreme horseman thing. Um, we do have some, we're traveling around a little bit coming up here in the future. We haven't announced, uh, we've got some TV taping stuff to do, uh, up north. Um, and we've gotten quite a, quite a bit of interest, uh, in, in the very few sprinkles of tag teams that are left out there. One, you know, that I think they have spoken. And they've asked their promoters to bring us in. So um, I think you'll see us around a lot more. And uh, we're really looking forward to it because we've we feel like we feel like we we're still learning, too. And that's the cool part, because we'll see something and pick it up. And it's just like being it's like being new in, in the business again. So, yeah, uh, yeah just come see us. And, and I think it I think we're so different that it just it makes people you know it makes people want to see us work whether we're heels or face i, I think that we just 
we've brought back such a style that most people haven't seen today. And I think a lot, I think a lot of people would be real surprised about how we've incorporated that into modern wrestling to make it something that the people that are, you know, have no attention span can, can appreciate. What's old is new again. Yes. Yep. Talk Tom, got anything else going on? Uh, well, I'm going to wait till next week to plug anything else, but, uh, cool. uh cause I, we got, yeah, we got some stuff in the summertime coming up, but it's way too early to talk about that right now. All right. Awesome stuff. As always, PQ, thank you so much. I'd like to thank everybody out there for listening. We'll see you right back here next week on Taking You to School with Dr. Tom Pritchard. See you next week, folks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two-man power trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother. <laughs>